0: Fellow redeemed in the blood of the Lamb, grace and peace are yours, followers of Jesus, as you carry your crosses in this life. God's word for a deeper consideration the gospel, which was just read, where Jesus says, whoever wants to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it Lord Guide us in truth your word is truth February is almost over We've been making our way in 2024 for almost two months now, so I have a very difficult question for you. How are your resolutions going? All right, well maybe you aren't of the type who makes those wonderful fitness resolutions every year. But maybe you've noticed that the adver- ad- advertisements for gyms are starting to come back now in between all of the newly blossoming political ads it is, of course. It really isn't surprising that the specials on gym memberships are starting up again because the marketing world really gets us. They understand that people on New Year's are going to be very fired up and inspired to make those big changes in life. And there's the specials, so we get fired up too. Yeah, join the gym. No money down, $10 a month, of course I'll do that. This will be my year. And then a mere eight weeks later, how's it going? Human beings need reminders. Left to walk down our own paths of our choosing, most of humanity will find a bench. We tend to default to the easiest settings given even half a chance and we certainly want to avoid those hard and uncomfortable situations that pop up in life and getting that getting that we forget and maybe don't want to do the hard things the marketing team pops back up to remind us go go get back into the gym because they get us in his interaction with Peter and his lesson to his followers, Jesus shows that he gets us as well. He truly gets that all of us want a Savior with none of the hardships. Knowing what we need, though, (laughs) we lose our spot in our sermon knowing what we need though jesus reminds him he reminds us that he gives us crosses to embrace before the crown in heaven now the gospel of mark is a fast paced book he doesn't have a lot of time for the travel scenes that we get in matthew luke and john He doesn't really give a lot of screen time to what I'll say is the nonsense that doesn't directly relate to the work of Jesus, the Savior. And knowing that fact, it's worthy of special attention that here at the end of chapter 8 is the first time in the gospel that Jesus speaks plainly about his coming death. Now, in the verses just before Jesus had asked his disciples who the people said he was, and our friend Peter makes his great confession that is the rock of the Christian church. And way to nail it, we think. We're happy for him. Then... Jesus starts talking about the hard stuff that the Christ would have to do as the chosen of God. And just as boldly as he made his confession moments before, Peter rebuked Jesus. And in Mark fashion, he doesn't record what Peter says. We have to look to Matthew to find that out, and we see Peter says, Never, this will never happen to you. Can you imagine the look on Jesus' face at that? Peter had just rightly identified that Jesus was the Christ, the Son of God, part of the eternal trinity. And then he had the audacity to tell him that his plan formed at the beginning of time was wrong and not going to happen. And for as much as I would like the look on Jesus' face to just show you're an idiot in the most loving fashion possible, I think it was one that was more of sheer sadness and disappointment. In verse 29, Peter announced, and in verse 32, Peter objected how quickly he did in about-face. It very well could have been the same conversation that they were having wherein Peter shifted. And are we any slower? We come out of our confirmation classes making our vows to deny the works of the world and the devil to stand firm in the foundation of our faith, that same confession that Peter made. Or we come out of our adult Bible information classes if we came to know Jesus later in life, promising our devotion and our lives to Jesus and his teachings, only to turn about on the same path that Peter did. We make promises to be faithful and then the next day in school we're given a decision to deny the pressures that are on us to do something we know doesn't fit with the Christian walk. But we do it so that we can fit in and not be seen as the the freak or the, the Bible thumper. We knowingly make our vows with the best of intention to follow what our God would have of us. But then when we get to work, just in order to get the job done, we enter into an ethical gray area, which we know isn't gray at all. We know that God has blessed marriage as the place and time to join a man and a woman together, but it just makes financial sense for us to live together right now. And since we're going to get married anyway, we might as well enjoy some of the benefits. We know that our commitment to following Christ means that we engage in meaningful ways with our children to teach them the way that they should go. But we'd rather have peace and quiet and not drive to the extra service so we neglect our devotion and our attention. Or we don't give that direct encouragement to our children. The regression of Peter and indeed our own come down to a desire that we have to get what we want Peter didn't want his friend to die he wanted to have something great with Jesus leading it and what Jesus was talking about was not what he had in mind And we have these desires to fit in to get where we want to be in our careers, to get the quiet time that we want, to have the, the financial security that we want, and most importantly, to have it with as little strife as possible. We want life to be a walk through a rose garden full of all of the colors but none of the thorns. I get it, that's kind of what I want too. But that is simply not the reality. Ever since Adam and Eve, the presence of sin in this world has promised the presence of thorns and hardships. And ever since sin has been present in the world, humans have been trying to hide from it. Our first parents hid in the garden. And guided by the craftiness of Satan, thousands of years later, people are still trying to hide. Peter hid behind his trying to protect his vision for his friend, and today, well, the traps aren't all that different. There were ads which were run during the Super Bowl, part of a campaign called, He Gets Us the ads trying to quote-unquote reclaim the reputation of jesus by emphasizing the love that he has he was surrounded by sinners they claim and was totally loving and accepting of them this campaign trying to have jesus but not the jesus who says hard things not the jesus who says go and sin no more Not the Jesus who says, I tell you the truth, I don't know you. And certainly not the Jesus who says, get behind me, Satan. They want a Jesus who allows them to have their life their way and not his way with his crosses. They seek to do exactly what Peter did and what we sometimes try to do make Jesus approve of our life decisions and most importantly the sinful ones and not hold us accountable for them and Jesus gets that I'm using their words on purpose here he gets us he gets us in a way that Peter didn't get and that this campaign doesn't get and frankly sometimes we forget as well jesus gets that we are sinful and wants the easy way he gets that we want a life that's easy and joy-filled and he gets that the only way that we can have that life that life that is truly full of love and joy is if we are with him in heaven So he turned to Peter and told him to get behind. This temptation to leave the cross would mean that Peter would get time with his friend, but all of creation would lose salvation. Catch the phrase right before Jesus rebuked Peter, after turning around and looking at his disciples. Jesus got that they were lost without him, Going to the cross. Without his death and resurrection, there was no hope for salvation for them or for us. So he denied violently the temptation to give up the cross because before the cross or before the crown comes the cross. Yes, we should love. And should bring the message of Jesus to as many people as we can, like some of these ads say. But we cannot do that with the loss of a Jesus who condemns sin. It's super easy to say Jesus loves the little children of the world, and he does. But he loves you enough to tell you to knock it off when you choose to follow your own paths instead of his. When you want to avoid calling out sinful behavior in yourselves and in others because you don't want to offend, no, that, that's not the love of Jesus. That's the hidden temptation that Peter fell into. Keep it easy. Keep it the way that we want it. Following Jesus means exactly what he says here deny yourself following Jesus means that there will be a constant struggle in life against the world and the temptations of your own heart to follow the easy paths to seek acceptance from the world around and avoid anything including our own consciousness consciences that say we're wrong This is part of the theology of the cross. Sin is real. It's real in our hearts and it has real consequences. Jesus understood that thoroughly. He gets us. So he set out resolutely for Jerusalem and everything that would come with that. And what would come would be the pain of betrayal, the scourge of whips and fists, the piercing of the nails and the suffocation of His dislocated arms bearing the weight of His body as He hung on the cross. That dear cross that held our God as He paid for all of our sins. And what follows that cross though is the crown of glory for Jesus that would be seen on Easter morning as the stone rolled away and he in all of his exalted state strode forward to face the dawn of a creation that he had made new he made it so that those who are subjected to this sinful world would be heirs of his kingdom they wouldn't have to bear the payment Of the fall into sin those who are found in him who were his followers whose hearts were fully wrapped in faith in their Savior would gain life that the world wants but didn't know how to get and indeed could never get bearing our crosses facing the ridicule of this world for being faithful to that Jesus That ties us to His cross. Confronting sin in our hearts is standing strong with our Savior. Acknowledging that we are sinful and need to deny what our natures want reminds us that we have a great inheritance that is waiting for us in heaven. If we gave in to every desire and had that rose garden life, of what value would the cross be? Well, it would still be of priceless worth. But kind of like our gym memberships, we'd forget. We lose the connection for the reason for the resolution. Our daily crosses our repentance and renewal in jesus serve as that constant reminder that we are in a state of grace with our father in heaven through faith we have been justified as paul wrote in our epistle lesson we have heaven as our sure hope not because of how great and good we are but because of what jesus resolutely set out and did And every one of our struggles in this life, every time that we hurt, and even more so when we are ridiculed or hurt directly because of our following of Jesus, we have a mini cross that reminds us of how great our God is. And our character grows in Christ as we deny ourselves and follow him. Our acknowledging of Jesus in the halls of school prove our confidence in him. Our ethical decisions at work, even when unpopular, prove our devotion is prioritized with the greatest good as first. Our denial of the easy path at home, be it living together before marriage or just neglecting the daily time with God's Word in our family, that cross of this life assures us of the presence of the crown waiting for us in the nail-scarred hands of Jesus. Jesus gets us. We would totally forget to live under the cross if we could. So He sends it every day he reminds us of his willingness to suffer for us every day so that we never lose sight of how important he is in our lives we may lose many things in this life hopefully not to the extent of Job but as we bear our crosses we worship in those moments of loss And that we hope to be just like Job. We are connected to Jesus in such a beautiful way that we can certainly call the crosses dear. We have been reconciled to God through that dear cross of Christ. We have a life unlike anything that this world can offer, waiting already ours in His kingdom. And our crosses are reminders of that salvation which we have. Boast loudly in your salvation. Don't be ashamed of the fact that you are washed in the blood of Jesus and saved from sin, living a different life because of that. Because what is so beautiful is that in acknowledging Him, you get Him. You get Jesus, your Savior, a shadow of a reflection of the day in His kingdom when Jesus will not be ashamed of you and will acknowledge you before His Father. So you can live this day, this life, embracing the cross. And then when the time comes, receiving the crown. Amen.